just became a raven. Your art matters. It's what got me here. Hello and welcome to The Ravens, a One Tree Hill podcast. I'm Simon and I love One Tree Hill. And I'm Dom and I've seen 13 episodes of One Tree Hill. And tonight's episode for debate is Season 1, Episode 13, Hanging by a Moment. Luke, you mind if we get a few words before your first game? We're going to put it on the internet. Ravenshoops.com. Yeah, we're going to have a webcast and everything. What the hell is this? Well, we have this website. Yeah, we're sports announcers. Not in here, you're not. The locker room's closed. No media. Dude, did you hear that? We're media. So welcome to The Ravens, a One Tree Hill podcast, where it's always 10.30 at night, so it's time to grab the snacks from the sweet cupboard, move on upstairs and settle in, as tonight's episode for debate is Season 1, Episode 13, Hanging by a moment dom we are here how are you my friend i am well very well indeed um this episode is an interesting one okay don't you think i do i think it's it's a definite tone changer this episode for many reasons firstly how are you i'm good did you have you watched this one a couple of times? Like, I know you've seen it like a thousand times before, but have, did you watch it a couple of times on the run-up to watching it, to, to discussing it today? Oh, no. I only ever watched them once, but I leave them as last minute as I can so they're as fresh in my mind. So I watched it at like one in the morning. Oh, God. <laughs> last night. <laughs> like, forget sleep. I can watch podcasts. Watch podcasts? I can watch Watch this podcasts. for the podcast, I mean. Uh, yeah, well, I just... I, I loves it. But this episode... And we'll get it to it when we get to our ratings at the end of the episode. But half part of the way through, I was like, oh, this is a this number. And then I was like, oh, yeah, but that ending makes mm. it actually, I think this is this number. It's very interesting you said that. Very interesting that you said that because that was my exact thought and, w- and is going to be my reasoning for my number at the end. Ooh. So I already know my, my number. Same. And it was influenced... It changed because of the, what happened at the end. Ooh, what did it decrease or increase? Well, that'd be giving that away, ah. then, wouldn't it? <laughs> You'll have to wait till the end of the episode. <laughs> okay, it's okay. the only thing I hold against you. It's the rating. It's the only thing I have over you. Sorry, is is that I can keep the rating to myself until the end of the episode, <laughs> at least. <laughs> okay. Okay. It's the only thing you don't already know. <laughs> That's true. Fair. Fair enough. Apart from all the little bits that you find that I'd never noticed before. So, you know, you have a way of seeing things that I'd never noticed. Um, so, yeah. Good. Okay. So, who do you want to begin with? I chose on the last episode, so you choose today. Is it worth us starting with the main three? Who are you classifying as the main three? Well, actually, that's a very good point. Um, I In this episode, I classed the main three as uh, Lucas, Peyton, and Brooke. We right. started there on the last episode. Okay. So... We almost tried to get Dead Body Adventure out of the way last time, didn't yeah. we? Yeah. 
maybe it'd be a bit more fitting to start with them and discuss them a bit more properly, okay. like a bit more detail, because um, there was so much more to this. So last episode, exactly like you said, Dead Body Adventure, it was literally filler. For what this episode. Okay, this was for it. This yeah. is the payoff episode. There's a number of things that bothered me about this episode, particularly with, with this trio. Um, but uh, it, it, the last episode and what happened in the last episode was important for us to get into this episode and kind of what happens. And part of my predictions was I was saying that there'll be like an episode of guilt and then an episode of them working out how they can be together. But that, yeah. that all happened in one episode. So, yeah. yet again, One Tree Hill has surprised me and done things super quick. <laughs> I, I, I knew when you were saying that on our last episode, I was like internally knowing. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Think that if you want. I'm, I'm not, not wrong. No. It's just all happened in one go. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, you know, this episode had the first part of some of this drama and sort of angst of between the three of them that I thought, oh, this is what I think Dom thought One Tree Hill would be like, like the whole way through. I thought you thought it was all, you know, teenage love triangles, etc. Where actually that hasn't come in at all until now. Yeah. Um, and it's still not playing the overall factor because we've got so many characters um, and it does a really good job, the show, of going between them and, and sharing out the time, I think. Like every episode has like four or five separate storylines, though they intertwine. Yeah. But is that accurate? Would you say? Did you assume that One Tree Hill was more like this all of the time? Yeah, I would have thought it would be pretty much teenage issues from episode to episode, and how yeah. they overcome that over a period of time. But actually, it's been a lot more like you say pretty much every episode a bit more grown up than that so it's a little bit more young adult or young adult <laughs> um and it's been more family centric yeah as well rather than teenage problems at school kind of thing yeah that you know that has a there's a factor of that but this is this is the first episode and the previous episode where it's really starting to come to light yeah for sure of being like a, a teenage kind of romance triangle issue yeah this is all teenage teenagey well okay so what where do we begin with them um there is oh actually there's there is one thing that um is reflective of what i said in in our last episode of mm -hmm. what nathan says in this episode which mm -hmm. we won't talk about in detail but he says oh how character Ironic. how we've changed like yeah. me and lucas have, have kind of switched roles and that's yeah. kind of what i was alluding to last week um in that the characters have like flipped they're all sort of changing and uh, they're so different and particularly lucas and nathan so it's quite nice that a character from the show in the show yeah had even recognized himself but we'll get to that because what he says after that is really impactful yes really impactful yeah um, so I, I just would like to say on that just to ensure that I don't forget that I think that the fact that Lucas and Nathan have kind of switched roles a little bit here is um, I find uh, Lucas's Lucas's character journey of being the quote unquote sort of good guy and then having 
his lows and ups and downs and whatever his challenges are sort of going the opposite way to nathan's coming having highs out of his lows does that make sense so uh, nathan's been nathan's been like a douchebag and a bit of a dick and it's kind of working out how to not be a dick yeah and then <laughs> lucas is being challenged because he's sort of becoming a dick yeah right now both of their journeys were impactful and i identified with in my personal life when i was watching it in both ways like as in it's interesting to see how you can become a dick and how you cannot be a dick do you know what i mean yeah i think quite a while ago as well i'd said that um there was fear of lucas falling into that trap of Mm. i'm on the basketball team i can do what i like kind of person yep and although that's not realistically what's happened it kind of has that view doesn't it so like someone like Haley, for example could go all right you're on a basketball team you're now kind of seeing two girls that are best friends that are both cheerleaders and you have no time for me anymore it's just falling into that school hierarchical hierarchical society and being at the top of the food chain yeah and kind of ignoring me when i'm quite near the bottom yeah and that's kind of happening um so it's like it's quite interesting to see some of the things that i've mentioned previously are coming to fruition a little bit not yeah. not in full even the whitey thing when i've talked about whitey's um gonna have an episode where he decides he's gonna quit or retire yeah. or something like that yeah this has been that episode oh whitey yeah <laughs> we know his first name now brian it's brian <laughs> his name is brian i was like i actually wrote it down on my notes whitey's first name is brian <laughs> not that i would ever forget i have i have, an, <laughs> I have another theory on the whitey does he always wear a white shirt well he was always used to wear a white shirt or something like that and that's does why he? he's called whitey don't know that's that's it's just another we'll see because we don't but you know they we'll get to the three we want to talk about but you know when (laughs) they are looking up stuff for whitey in uh, the library yeah i paused the screen and zoomed in as much as possible to read as much of that newspaper as i did not for the podcast for your own personal just because i want to know about the character yeah about brian (laughs) yeah (laughs) but there's not it just says the only bits I can make out just says, like, um, Tree Hill High coach or t- is taken on as coach, something like that. It's, it's quite difficult to read it. It's quite blurry, but you can make out some bits. Oh, Brian. Oh, Brian. <laughs> so anyway. Much, so anyway, much to yeah. say on Whitey. Keith has my favourite line, maybe of the last however many episodes to Whitey in this. I love it. My... My favourite line is Whitey. It was one of Whitey's lines. Okay. In this episode. Let's get, when we get to them, I can't wait. Uh, Okay, so let's get Lucas and Brooke and Payne out of the way. I mean, let's discuss (laughs) Payne. Yeah, where do they begin? Is it at school? Uh, And where Brooke's like, oh, we're going to come and help you decorate your room tonight. Oh, yeah, move, move the room around and gonna paint the room yeah. oh broody you can come and help and they they refer to him as broody now they do yeah i noticed that and thought it was perfect <laughs> that's the show does that quite a lot going forward as well is it like characters say things that the audience is thinking is this 
um, cast influenced? So will the cast have gone, he's really broody, he's that kind of person. Let's oh, just throw maybe. it in and see. That'd be interesting if it's cast him like Sophia Bush just decided to start calling him that and they've gone, yeah, run with it. Just go with it. Whoever I, wants to call him it, just call him it. It's quite funny. I Yeah, potentially. I don't know that for a fact, but that sounds like that could have happened. But also the characters are very much written like the actors and the characters sort of merge as the show goes forward. So if there's someone that has a particular interest uh, outside, like uh, Brian Greenberg for Jake, he, he's, he does music. So they, they write in for music for him. And we have other characters that come in later in the show that they're known for something outside of acting and they just tie it into their character. So it's the characters... Are, playing the actors to their strengths and making their characters have that strength as well. Kind yeah, of. exactly. Like... Um, don't want to spoil anything but so for example like chad michael murray really does read and like reading and writing in in real life like he's actually he's written books oh wow yeah like fiction and things um so his part it's uh, there's a lot of synergy between the characters and the actors so might also just be that yeah maybe chad michael murray's broody as well in real life and they're, they're commenting on it and playing it into the show and um yeah but it's nice because it makes you i don't know it invests you further into the show because it's like they're self-aware to a certain extent yeah and i suppose you can identify with these people um a lot more they're a bit more real yeah because they're the, the person that's playing them is, is similar Exactly. He's not, too, he's not a million miles away. You know, they're not playing someone who's completely different. Exactly. So, like, yeah. when we finally meet, when we meet, you know, <laughs> James and Chad and Sophia and Hillary and, you know, Joy and all of, you know, Paul, I, I like to call them by their first names, uh, it will just be like we already know them. And hopefully they'll already know us because they're already listening. Hey, Chad! <laughs> Does Bethany Joy Lens go by Joy? She goes by Joy, yeah. Okay, all right, okay, I had to check. Your ear for detail. <laughs> I didn't know whether you were going to pick that up just then or not, but you did. You did. Of course. So, yeah, so they decide they're going to go. Lucas isn't really... Brooke invites Lucas. He wasn't already... It was going to be Brooke and Peyton uh, decorating the room, and then... Brooke's like, oh, you'll come tonight and, you know, help move things and whatever. Yeah. Um, and then is this the first of the little private conversations between um, Peyton and Lucas? She says we've got to leave it, isn't it? Because like, there's a bit, there's a lot of back and forth. I think she's like, we've got to leave it. She's my friend. And then a little bit later, he comes out of the locker room and kisses her in the hallway in yeah, school. Just I was like, that was so out of the blue. Really was not expecting that at all. He's like, we have to, it means something. It means something to you. It mean, meant something to me. It's different with us. And Peyton's very much like, but Brooke's your girlfriend. She's my best friend. We can't do this to her. And he initiates the, the kiss. Yeah. Oh, it's so hard. I'm so disappointed in you, Lucas. <laughs> so disappointed what did you make of all of this i was so shocked and surprised because i really really thought uh, and it carries on into in the episode that he wasn't going to be the sort of person that would um do that 
He'd pursue it in the right way. You said all of this in the last episode. Yeah. I internally was like, oh boy. <laughs> oh, brother. He's in for some shocks. <laughs> uh, I literally thought he would go say to Brooke, look, uh, he'd have the conversation with Peyton about how guilty they felt and how awkward they felt and how difficult it was. And that did happen. And then literally like three minutes later, they're kissing in the hallway. Mm. Um, and he initiates the first one, but then she kisses him again. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's all right it's tit for tat but it's they're both into each other they just haven't dealt with it the right way you know the way that it should happen um you can't help who you fall in love with and you can't help how these things happen but you can not hurt other people in in the mix yeah um and do the right thing Uh, you know no matter what happens brooke's probably going to be upset because we find out that she is really falling for Lucas. Uh, to add insult to injury. And, and the thing is, as much as I'm disappointed in Lucas, he is a teenager and we make we all make mistakes, we all do stupid things. And part of being a teenager, I think, is you do you do some dumb things, so you learn not to do them when you're older. You know, it's part of life. So it's not like, you know, we're not going to hold him accountable for the rest of his life for it because he's 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 a kid really but it's just it's disappointing to see because you wouldn't have thought it'd be in his character traits because he's kind of held himself with such integrity up until this point yeah because it's always been nathan that's been the one that will from from early on anyway not not now but he's always been the one that um is quite happy to be a rebel and seems like he would just it like he gets kissed on the bus doesn't he in the mm-hmm. first episode because Peyton's not around and he just doesn't care doesn't even mention it it's never yeah. mentioned again is it no it's not even brought up there's no guilt there's no yeah so it's probably something that's happened before they've broken up many times he says in one episode you know you're not my only option kind of thing doesn't he yeah to, to her face and there, there's all of that that's come from him in the past and he's his character has changed in such a big way and Lucas is now not in that in a similar vein, but is kind of he's ha- he's kind of having his cake and eating it. If it makes sense, it's, he sure is. You know, Brooke mentioned the best of both worlds in that he's getting all the fun with me and all the kind of intellectual side from you, but he's getting both at the moment. It seems, yeah, um, which is very wrong. Very, very. So they then they decide we're going to tell her. We have to tell her tonight. So we're thinking, okay, at least it's not going to hold on to it. You know, at least we're going to get this over with. Um, And obviously it's going to be heartbreaking to Brooke, but at least the lies are going to stop. They go round. They're moving things. Right. Before that. Okay. First thing that annoyed me. Here we go. They knocked on the door and she opened immediately. Yeah. They never knock on the door. They just walk in. That must have just been a story function. Well, the the to only allow reason them they did to... that, yeah, is just to allow them to have a little conversation at the front to say, "This is, this is we need to, we need to tell her." Well, uh, because Brooke sort of runs off, doesn't she, like up the stairs? And yeah, she's going, like, "Come on, guys, come on!" Yeah, but they could have, they could have gone in, had a moment where Brooke runs upstairs and they're in the, you know, hallway together or something like that. Yeah, well, Brooke just runs out of like, oh, we need drinks, or we need... Yeah, there's, there's so many comments in the last two episodes about them, the doorbell's not working and them just walking upstairs and coming in and then all of a sudden they knock on the door. It just, it felt 
through you. It's just pointless. Dom didn't like it. I didn't like that, no. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that. Stay consistent, <laughs> yeah. Tree Hill. Don't use a bell, walk in. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So they're in there, and uh, Lucas is moving out a mattress. And then Brooke says, she like closes the door and she's all sort of giddy, kind of like schoolgirl, all excited. Uh, I'm really falling for him, like L-O-V-E falling, which she didn't make a point of saying that she'd already told him that she loved him on our last episode. Yeah, maybe that was a, because I thought about that as well. Either it was an error in writing which I don't think happens very often. Maybe she told him because they're used to it because they're already dating in real life at this point. Maybe. Or maybe it just sort of came out as part of the conversation. So the character has just come out as her saying, okay, love you. She would say it to Peyton potentially, you know, she would say it to to anyone. We quite often say it to each other when we're leaving our podcasts. Exactly. (laughs) So... Okay, <laughs> maybe many ways to read that. Um, but she then's like, "What what song is playing? What song's playing, Dom?" The song is called "Don't Confess." Yeah, by Tegan and Sarah. Tegan and Sarah are a small group from Canada. Yeah, that would have gone straight over my head. I looked them up. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you hadn't like heard the song? No, before, no. I had it? to look them up. I had okay. to find out who they were. But irony, of course, don't confess. Yeah, but there there was all of these little devices in this episode um, to say, for aimed at Peyton to say, don't tell her. Mm-hmm. And then Lucas at every point saying, we need to tell her, we need to tell her. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was it was bits like that that really annoyed me, actually. <laughs> Because um, you wanted them to confess. Not just because I wanted them to confess, but I think it's a device that did, it wasn't necessary. The song with that title wasn't really necessary, but it's just an, another push to make Peyton feel guilty and make the the person watching it know how guilty she is. When we can see that anyway. Mm. It was it's just a for me it was a device that wasn't needed, but mm. fine. <laughs> you know, like the whole knocking on the door thing. We've gone from the knocking on the door thing, which they never do and have never done, mm-hmm. to now having to knock on the door for her to have a conversation with him on the porch, mm-hmm. to then go upstairs for this song to be called Don't Confess. So I just felt a bit, we're trying a bit too hard. Yeah, a bit in your face. Yeah. Shoving it down your uh, throat a little bit. Yeah. And that was, I just thought, were they necessary? Because actually Peyton has got enough internal turmoil going on anyway without all of that and so was lucas but again they still do nothing about it Mm. so we didn't need the additional points of those little bits Mm. for that to have been highlighted because we we already know we can already see it Mm. because it's already happened in the school hall and then it happens at her front door but that could have happened anywhere in the house and then it happens again in the library and it happens throughout the episode <laughs> so where do we move from here so oh so Peyton's then saying she's gonna be sick yeah she feigns being ill she's gonna Ralph and Ralph is my favorite term for being sick oh really yeah <laughs> just it's fun to say I'm going to Ralph I quite like the word Chuck you're gonna Chuck I'm gonna Chuck yeah 
<laughs> so you can chuck all Ralph. I'm going to chuck. <laughs> nice. I've just chucked up. <laughs> um, What's funny is Chuck is the name of a character that will come into One Tree oh, Hill at God. some point. <laughs> I hope there's a Ralph as well. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there is. That's a shame. Yeah. Uh, She's going to Ralph or Chuck. And Brooke says, well, if you do, don't get any skinnier because you're going to make me look fat. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> is that an insult? I guess, maybe. No, I think well, she's saying that Peyton's skinny. Yeah. And she... she'd make, yeah, herself. Mm. I don't know. Yeah. It's just a strange vanity comment, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so if we're sticking with them, we then... We then have Brooke and Lucas walking together. Yeah, because she like, says, why don't you, buy, why don't, you can buy me a hot chocolate sort of thing. Yeah, and then he's really quiet the whole time. And, and he says he's just anxious about his mum coming home. Yeah, and he's kind of playing it off as if she's he's worried. She's thinking that he's uh, contemplating Keith and Karen's new relationship and how that's going to sort of affect everything. Yeah, and what that's going to turn out to be. And then she explains that she's quite nervous to meet Karen um properly as the girlfriend because um she doesn't have a good relationship with her mum so it would be nice to have a good one with his mum and feel comfortable which is all very sweet that's a nice sentiment isn't it really nice yeah and you know he's a he hasn't really got anything to say back to her because it's so awkward he's like why she's like i really like you have i told you that lately and he's like why yeah, whereas normally he would say, I really like you too. I give a he, rat's ass about you too. Yeah. I don't know whether we're going to go down a road of him trying to be difficult or awkward or nasty so that she just goes, oh, I'm not interested now. The old, I'm going to make you break up with me. Yeah. And I can do what I want so I'm not the bad guy. Yeah. I can move on freely then. Starts fighting in her bed. <laughs> 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 God. I've always been this way, Brooke. Stop trying to change me. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Oh dear. So, yeah, and then so it's not really. That's kind of it, isn't it? And, and then we... we have them in the library, <sighs> and they get caught by Haley. Ugh. But that's what's going to happen when you're doing these things in public places in the school you go to with the 800 people that know you. Yeah, <laughs> you're on the varsity. You're on the varsity basketball team that everyone goes to watch every week, and you're one of the cheerleaders. Yeah, and your best friend is always in that library. Yeah, <laughs> as are you reading Steinbeck. Yeah, <laughs> wearing the books out and sniffing them. But his uh, the the soul patch is still here. It's less though, isn't it? Oh, is he trimmed? I think there's a. I think he trimmed in the last episode, and it's still quite trimmed in this one. It's less wafty. <laughs> it's less in the wind yeah <laughs> should we like both of us right now have uh i wouldn't call them beards but you know like the in between a stubble and a beard what would you call it or would you say i'd call it a beard a beard yeah what defines a beard from a stub from stubble uh i think anything above a three number three. Oh, really okay well, that's just my own interpretation i don't know if i'm above a three what do you trim yours to i just have a trimmer i lost all the uh, 
attachments to it so i can only trim it like down to like proper stubble yeah but not a clean shave like you know three days after a shave level this is probably more than a three mine's about a six at the moment okay okay doubling up <laughs> well i'm saying because we both have facial hair at the moment of mm. some you know height or depth length or- Length is the correct term, yeah. <laughs> Maybe we could do a soul patch episode where we just have a soul patch. Would you do a Chad a Chad Michael Murray week where you did a soul patch for a week? Uh, only if I didn't have to go anywhere in public. No, no, you'd have to go to work. I would look ridiculous. I think you'd look delightful. Don't say that just because you're trying to force me into doing something I don't want to do. <laughs> Compliment you into it. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe just for one day, for for one evening, for an episode. Like, next time you're going to clean shave, do it before you're coming here, and then we'll just record and have our pizza okay. with a salt patch. Okay. And we'll both do it. Okay. And we'll let it waft. Deal. <laughs> Wafty salt patches. <laughs> Maybe we could do it for the finale. Well, so, side side sidebar, to quote It Takes Free, I was... And I was saying to you off microphone yesterday, I think, that I like how off microphone is our new phrase for anything we've said that we haven't put on the podcast. Uh, But I think for the finale of each season, we can do a live watch um, with people, with our listeners, where we can all watch the episode together, like via Zoom or... Uh, we can do some stuff through Patreon where we share it. So I thought that could be really cool. Where we could watch, we could watch the episode, and people could see your reactions for the first time, you know, live uh, to some of these key moments. You in? That sounds very cool. We could soul patch for it. Why not? Excellent. <laughs> so in the library, there, there's a question and conversation between Peyton and Lucas about whether they're getting off on this because it's forbidden you know because they're sneaking around that's Uh, lucas to Peyton, isn't it yeah he asked that because that then made me think he's having his cake and eating it because maybe he wants to sneak around a bit make it a bit more exciting and because he's been on this such a straight edge path his whole life he hasn't really done anything rebellious or you know over the lines maybe it's like his this is him doing it now you know yeah so, but who sees? Haley appears. And she has a look of disappointment. Yeah, definitely. But mostly because it's not her kissing Lucas. Whoa! Are you still on that hype? I'm never going to let that one go. Okay. That's that's like... Do you think that's still going to come like to fruition? Ten years of her loving him. But do you think that that's still going to come out in, like... Yes. Could there be brother betrayal? Yes. She cheats on Nathan. I don't think she'll cheat. I don't think she'll cheat. Okay. She wouldn't cheat on Nathan. But Nathan's a bit of a bonehead, so... There might be a separation. Because of it. I don't know. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Okay. And you still think Keith is Lucas's dad? Always. Okay, just checking in, just checking in on them. Okay, and then that's kind of it for Peyton and Brooke, I think. And then we end with 
Lucas in the car with Keith. Now, should we cover that when we get to Keith? Yeah, are we going to cover Keith completely separately, or do we want to go into Keith? Would you want to go into Keith now, and then we can come back and cover that? Let's go into Keith. I I think you know. Do you remember on our pilot episode, we kind of did. We covered everyone, but we left the the one on one game until the end because it was like that was kind of the crescendo. Maybe we should cover everyone, but not talk about that. The I don't even want to say it. The end until the end. The end, and then do the end because it's kind of like we have Dan Keith. Lucas all coming together and then talking Karen. about that. And Karen. Oh my god. Karen. Moira's back. With a nice new haircut. Lovely. Italian haircut. Lovely. Lovely little Italian haircut, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but do you want to go into Keith then? Or do you uh, want to stick with the young? What do you want to do? So have we finished with the trio? Yeah, I think yeah. we've finished with them. Predictions? Maybe do prediction for Brooke and Peyton leave Lucas because we'll do his prediction. He ends in a different place. Doesn't it end with Peyton saying to Brooke, you're my best friend and you have been for like forever sort of thing? Because yeah. we know that they've been best friends since elementary school. She says that Yeah. in the library to Lucas. Yeah. Doesn't it end with her saying, you know, you're my best friend? Yeah. And then we don't see from them again. Yeah. So that's the, the moment of telling her. Mm-hmm. So you, I, I kind of think that we'll have a moment of explanation and this is what's happened it'll kick off they'll both find out that lucas is in hospital sorry i mentioned it but <laughs> and then they kind of have to or dead i mentioned it oh he's not gonna be dead there's nine they seasons flatlined yeah. it flatlined at the end yeah he flatlined so but... technically he's dead i mean if, if they froze time he's dead <laughs> right <laughs> he died did he die or not well there's just no activity in the heart but there's is he dead or not and we if there's no activity in someone's heart are they not dead could still be brain activity there dominic okay let's say he was dead so technically he's dead as far as we know he's dead let's say he's dead so when they find out he's dead so when they find out that he's had an accident because no one's going to say oh he's dead dead body adventure party (laughs) (laughs) finding lucas um (laughs) They'll both either have to come together or will come together and understand what each other has gone through. I don't know. Okay. Or it's get there and let him make a decision when he's wakes up again. If. When. If. If. <laughs> if. But I know, know he's in it. How? You've been have you been looking ahead behind my back? No, because it's nine seasons. Surely he's in it for all nine. No? I don't know. <laughs> he might only be in it for 13 episodes. And then he you wouldn't on. be this obsessed over Chad Michael Murray in 13 episodes. What so. are you saying? It takes longer than that. How? What is the time limit to get to an obsession? Are you not obsessed with him yet? Not at all. You... <laughs> <laughs> not in the slightest. Are you obsessed with any... You're obsessed with Barry Corbin. I love Barry Corbin. Brian. What I like... Let's just stick with Whitey. Right, you're obsessed with Whitey. I uh, love Whitey. Right, He's so a how, long did it, how long did it take for you to become obsessed with him? About 15 minutes. <laughs> and he was only in one minute of that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was quick. You lovely little face. <laughs> Sometimes I just want to come over there and just, your little cheek, and just say, you good boy. 
making me feel very awkward. You're a good boy. <laughs> Can't touch you because of COVID. Yeah. That's a shame, isn't it? It is. It is a shame. Would you... Would you okay. <laughs> Are we moving on? Let's move on. So where do you want to go to? Do you want to go to Keith or... Oh, or we can go to Nathan and Haley, or let's go to Nathan and Haley. We'd barely discussed them last week, and actually, this episode started in in a really unusual place for me. I, I I'd never imagined that they would do a dream sequence and a comedy. Yeah, Tim was dressed as a cheerleader. He was, yeah, and he was in a proper cheerleader top as well. Because I checked, I thought, oh, maybe it was like a Ravens top, and he just had pom poms, but he's in a proper cheerleading outfit. <laughs> And Mouth's commentating. Nice to see you again, Mouth. Mouth is there in a dream. Mouth, last name is? Mc... Not Mackenzie. No. Uh, Mc... Mc something. Everyone's shouting it that's listening. I'm right so now. sorry. It's hard to remember when you're not allowed to look it up. Fadden is McFadden. Oh, God. <laughs> Maybe I need to write it on that board. Mouth. McFadden. Keith's got body repair shop and towing. So, yeah, tell me about the dream sequence. Uh, Haley is in her pajamas <laughs> in the middle of the court. Nathan is shirtless. <laughs> I noticed that as well. <laughs> she has interesting dreams. Nipple ring or no? I didn't see a nipple ring. Mm. I don't think there was one. Mm-hmm. Oh. But it's a dream, so continuity doesn't count in a dream. Yeah. Well, maybe she's removed it because she knows it's ridiculous. If I wanted a daughter, I would have had one. Why? So... You can abandon her too? Pilot! Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, so you've got to try and make a free throw for PE. Yes. And I don't really understand why. She just has to do one free throw maybe that's the only bit that she's not that she's not good at maybe she can do all the other bits like running or assault courses or whatever yeah i just say i like sports we've been over this you like sports i like sports pe as a subject is just garbage like in our school anyway do you ever have to do the bleep test uh i've, I've had to do it at jiu-jitsu i've not had to do it at school Right, so at school, I don't know, I'm sure this probably is, you know, around the world, but it might be under different names. But the bleep test here is there's a little thing that literally bleeps, bleep, and you have to, like, run between two lines, and it, like, bleeps more quicker, doesn't it? And you got to... Garbage. I, got, I, I can run reasonably far. Like, I'm actually pretty good at running long distance, but I'm not fast. Mm. I don't have speed. I've got, like, stamina, you know? Yeah. So it's like, that test doesn't work for me, you know? And there's a lot of things. It's just like... That rugby. I hate, I hate rugby. I hate it, rugby. I hate it now. Yeah. I can't watch it. It's so, oh, just such a garbage sport. Really not interested. American football, though, it's pretty cool. I'm get just sort of getting my head around American football. Very slowly. It's very hard to understand. I don't understand the rules. So many rules. I just think it's cool. I like, I like it. So many rules. But rugby, garbage. I just, yeah, it's not for me at all. It's kind of for like the middle classes, isn't it? Feels like it, yeah. And it's, it's like we used to have to play hockey. You have to do what, hockey? Hockey as well. We never did hockey. We did hockey at school. That's cool. 
Um, but it's not Mighty Ducks, is it? It wasn't, no. And, you know, we need to, like, smash the ball, but we weren't ever allowed. And cross-country wasn't ever really my thing either. Uh, no, just, I hated cross-country in school as well. Just make a group of kids run around a field just because we've got nothing else to teach them. It felt like lazy <laughs> on the teachers, yeah. Go yeah. run for three miles. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's raining and it's cold and you make... I'm wearing shorts. <laughs> this is... This isn't... Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, she's got, a, she's got to shoot a free throw. And, and the ball makes a really nice... When she throws it, it makes... It sort of flicks back towards her. makes a really nice slap noise on the floor. <laughs> yeah. It's like a... Like a it's like a soggy blanket or something when it's just slammed into the floor. It like goes nowhere. It's like she's put all this effort in it just goes... Yeah, which was like perfect dream sequence kind of thing because that happens. You always feel like you're running and you're not getting anywhere and that sort of thing. So is this show good variety for you that, it can, that One Tree Hill can hit these comical moments as well? Yeah, I, I was very surprised that we would have a, a dream sequence in a show like this because it's quite a serious... By serious, I mean... Um, like normal down to earth kind of program. Yeah, if anything, this is one of the most. I mean, I don't. Obviously, it's not realistic, but it is. We spoke about this on one of our very first episodes, or might be one of our bonus episodes. That this is a show that there's no supernatural elements. It's happening in a in a small town. This is very normal life. Yeah, you know, um, and I love it. I think you can kind of invest in it further that way because you think of them as real people. Mm. It's like you just got a window into this reality. But um, I, they also the the crowd are chanting "Tutor Girl" at her as well. Uh, and Whitey goes, "Come on, Tutor Girl" or whatever. You like take the shot, and they're all calling her Tutor Girl, aren't they? Yeah, which is good. It was a good sequence. It was good, and then obviously she wakes up. She sort of sits upright, man. She looks a bit confused and has a little grin, I think. Yeah. And then her day kind of unfolds from that. She asks Lucas initially for uh, help. Which is when Lucas goes to tell her, I've got this situation, I've got this issue between me and Brooke. Mm-hmm. Um, but Brooke walks in. Yeah. So it becomes a bit difficult for him to say. Is it fair to say that we don't see much Lucas and Haley anymore? Like as in that we we know them as their best friends, like Peyton and Brooke are best friends, but they both spend so much time with Nathan and respectively and Brooke and Peyton. It's like we don't get as much time with just them two together anymore. But this is why kind of the bits that's happened later on in the episode um, happens, if that makes yeah. sense. So the the reason they have their argument, the reason that. Uh, she then says what she says to Nathan near the end. Um, it, it all stems from them not having that relationship anymore. Yeah. Really, this is all Keith's fault. Exactly for what Dan says and getting Lucas on the team. Like, yeah. you, like you said the other day. So It all dominoed effect from... This is all Keith's fault. <laughs> but we still love Keith. <laughs> love, love Keith. Eek. What slab of beef. So, <laughs> what... Uh, what else does Haley do in the episode? We've said she sees the she, betrayal in the library. So she wants help shooting. Oh, Nath- yeah. Nathan's helping her. In the driveway. In the driveway. Um, Dan comes in. She basically ignores Dan. She says, hi, Mr. Scott, and turns away. I thought it was all very uh, unnecessary. Yeah. Like, what actually has Dan done to her? Because 
He caught them underage drinking on the beach, cutting school. He he drove her home, you know. Got chucked up on. Yeah, got ralphed on. And, uh, you know, and as much as he was, he was sort of manhandling her a little bit to get her in the car, he was upset that, you know, his son is missing school and whatever, whatever. And so what, I don't, and then she was there and saw him him be very vulnerable, see him, everything that happened in the last episode at the Scott family dinner. But I don't understand what animosity she should really have to him, apart from it being transference of energy from Nathan. Yeah, and even then, he isn't that sort of disrespectful, really, is he? He, he was talking to him. Yeah, he even says, you know, maybe another time, because he, yeah. he doesn't take on the plans of having a few stakes, you know. Yeah, rain check sort of thing. Yeah. I just thought that she didn't even turn around to really look at him. And he acknowledged her. He was like, Hayley. And she was like, Mr. Scott. And just sort of looked the other way. It's kind of like... She said it with her uh, back turned. It must be the whole Lucas thing. If what... uh, Must be. Yes. Must be. that She's just never felt comfortable with him because of all of that. Yeah, and because she's really good friends with Karen and Key. Okay, okay, okay. There we go. <laughs> because, yeah, it felt a bit like if someone was disrespectful to my dad in front of me like that, I would like, I would have a problem with it. I, I'd probably address it once like my dad had gone. I'd be like, hey, can you can you look at my dad when he, if he's talking to you? Like, have some respect, you know, but mm. not that he's ever going to. Anyway, she is <laughs> uh, really struggling. And, uh, and he says... He's trying to teach her how to do it. He tries to teach her at the river court as well, doesn't he? Um, and he says it's kind of sexy that she's shooting the free throw or whatever. Mm. Um, he they ADR they like overdub him saying, "All right, time for desperate measures. Going to have to teach you granny style." Yeah, that's ADR'd in. His mouth doesn't move. Oh, I didn't notice that. As they're like pulling it away, and you can hear the vocal differences. He must be in the recording booth, and it's like granny style. So they must have thought that uh, it wasn't obvious enough that by the end of the episode, when she does it, that it's that, that he that he taught her to do it. Yeah, because then she comes once she's done it, and it goes in. It's like a clean, yeah, straight in. Yeah, no rim. Straight in, no rim. <laughs> Condom, finish it off. No. Straight rim, like Tim, in a cheerleader outfit. He's dim and thin, <laughs> like Peyton. She's Satan, and I'm rating about Peyton. Hey, hey, <laughs> hey. <laughs> How does this happen? <laughs> I just have a bit of... I just have natural rhythm. So sometimes I'm just... Going with the flow. Yeah. Dan Scott. What a boss. No, I lost it. (laughs) That's the other problem. Sometimes you have it, sometimes you don't. Did I throw you off? Must have been my fault. It's your energy. Totally my energy. Your aura just messed me (laughs) up. Just bringing you down. Your aura. Like Dora. The Explorer. Read the Torah. If you're Jewish. (laughs) Wait, do the Jew, do Jewish people read the Torah? They do, yes. You don't have to. You, it's not exclusive. Anyone can read it. Okay, <laughs> moving on. It's not exclusive. Right? I, well, suddenly I said read the Torah because it rhymed. If you're Jewish, and I was actually 
I think anyone can read the Torah, right? Uh, like you can read it because you're interested. Well, yeah. And make I'm sure, sure make up I'm your sure opinions. it is accessible. Yeah. Yeah. Should we move on from yeah. religious education so, back to PE? <laughs> she granny shots it. She does. It goes in. Did you like that? The granny style? Did you think it was a funny end to the mini story? I, again, it was a, a story that didn't need to happen. I don't really I understand it. Was it. Filler. Yeah, it's just like I'm failing a class because I'm not very good at making a free throw. So this whole ep- episode, Haley's whole episode is based on, with the exception of the ending and kind of what she sees in the middle, is about learning how to throw a basketball. Yeah, I guess some maybe some of it is just to lighten it up a little bit because it, it can be quite, uh, dark's not the right word, but can be... Heavy going. Heavy going, yeah. So yeah. Maybe they need these lighter moments, like comic relief type and to allow the characters to bond further. And all the moments between Nathan and Haley were actually really nice up until the end. Yeah. So, you know, I will say that uh, as a device, okay, fine, it might be necessary sometimes. But I just thought the way they did it was just a bit, it just felt a bit pointless. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. Not saying many positive things about this one. I can hear it. Sorry. I can hear it. Yeah. Well. Still got more to go. We haven't spoken about Keith or Whitey yet, so I know, I, I know there'll be there'll be good things there. Do we? So do we want to talk about Haley's argument with Lucas? Yeah, Haley sees them. Yep, Peyton and Lucas in the library with the candlestick. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Cluedo. <laughs> so she's seen uh, what they've been up to, and she challenges Lucas. Mm-hmm. Fair play, quite rightly, gets up in his face, up in his grill. She's, he he tries to she's lie. wafting in oh, god she's all it's wafting everywhere <laughs> she tries to say he tries to say oh have you spoken to Peyton and he's, she's like why so are you trying to work out which lie to tell me next yeah wow why are you lying to me damn I'm not stupid and he's stupid for, for doing it in the first place what he should have said is you know earlier when I really wanted to talk to you and then Brooke walked in, actually what I wanted to say is I'm in this really difficult situation that um, Peyton has, you know, expressed her feelings for me, as you know, because she's told you, you know, a similar thing. Um, She's expressed her feelings for me. We had a moment when, you know, there was a slight vulnerability in taking her to see if it was her dad's body or whatnot. And uh, I'm just in this really difficult situation. I don't know what to do. Can you help me? Mm. That would have completely changed the situation. Haley would have gone, okay, right, I understand. What you're doing is wrong, but this is where we fix it. This is how we do it. It's the but, energy you go in with, isn't it? Yeah. He went high energy and then it's already erupted. Straight away went in with the, why don't you back off kind of thing? You, you know, leave me alone while you're off doing what you did with Nathan. You're actually the problem here. I didn't actually understand. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Sorry, Lucas. Yeah. Sorry, mate. Mm-hmm. No, no, she's not. You've been the problem from day one. She did everything for you. And she just happened to fall in love with him. And she kept things a little bit secret. But she came and told you in the end. She was grown up enough to come and say something. Yeah. And what have you done? You're running around with happy little Peyton and upsetting Brooke. And, you know, just the the natural balance of your life has just gone out the window. 
and all you're doing is pointing at other people and picking on their faults because you're too scared to look at yourself, mate. Ooh. Where's Keith with the metaphorical mirror? I know. Wow. Dom, you really <sighs> felt that one, didn't you? Just Lucas, mate. Lucas was in the wrong. He was acting like a dong. I tell you that now. I tell you that now. <laughs> <laughs> but I I didn't quite understand his argument. Um, like, as in, I understand what she was saying, and he was getting all angsty, but then he was saying that she, yeah, was part of the problem. I didn't understand what his perspective was, like how he could say she was, you know... He was basically implying that she was just the same. I didn't really understand what leggy or ground he had to stand on. Is that because of if it's a loyalty thing? He was, she was loyal to Lucas and Karen. Yeah, and then gets with Nathan when Lucas and Nathan are like bitter rivals at the time. Mm. So she's then put energy into supporting Nathan becoming a better person. Really, hasn't she? Yeah, you know, she's it, the complete catalyst yeah, for it. From like academics to him being just in a general. person. And uh, her job was to always be, you know, part of Lucas's support network, not Nathan's. And now she went and did that kind of behind his back originally because she was worried about it and nervous. And he's kind of throwing that in her face saying well you're just as bad you went and did that and you know mm. this that and the other but actually she's not like been um adulterists yes not a word is it i mean we'll make it a word you know what i meant yeah she's not cheating yeah she's she's not cheated on anyone um it, you know as much as she probably really wanted to say to lucas actually you've paid me no attention um these last however many years we've known each other even though i've been madly in love with you <laughs> And I found someone who was paying me attention and I liked it. And that she turns out they're quite a nice person and I quite like them, so I've gone with it. Mm. And he's also your half-brother. <laughs> <laughs> so many opportunities for you to, like, freestyle, isn't it? <laughs> I'm going to do this. Freestyle. Freestyle, yeah. Because <laughs> they're, they're not written, okay? They're freestyle. I think they're on your laptop. I can't see what's on your screen. <laughs> I, <laughs> so I, I, I spend my nights crafting. Hmm, Lucas is in the wrong. Rhymes with Dom. <laughs> His name's Tim. Who's Dim? <laughs> <laughs> That's stolen from Tim Nice But Dim, Harry Enfield, right? Nice. You know, you know, he knows what's up. Yeah, so he, Lucas often does this thing as well when he's had an argument and maybe it's like a character, an actor choice where he then, they storm out the room and then he does a, ah, like throws something at the floor. Did hmm. you notice? Uh, I just thought it was whatever, whatever he had in his hand. Yeah, yeah, he just got a bit frustrated. Yeah. Ugh, it's a heated argument. Yeah. Um, I feel like you can only really look at it from her perspective, though. Like, I see him as in the wrong. I see him, but... But at every point in this episode, she's gone to him and given him the opportunity. You know, yeah. whether that be, I need help with something, can you help me? Because I'm rubbish at basketball. She didn't go to her boyfriend, who is all a pro, <laughs> basically a pro. And she went to her best friend and said, can you help me with this? Because it's a uh, nice thing to do. It's a nice thing to do together and they'll have a laugh and it'll be fun. Um, and he said, oh, I can't at the moment because then Brooke turned up. 
um, okay, fine, that you know, you, you move on. But then she went to him again and said, look, I'm giving you an opportunity to tell me what's going on because I know you're doing something and it's not right. And he tries to get out of it and says, why, who have you spoken to? It's like, well, mm. stop trying to conjure up lies. Just tell me what's going on. Mm. The whole point of me asking you that question it's a loaded question anyway so surely he can recognise that and go right I'm being an idiot this is I need to tell you what's happened and he doesn't just a fool I Dominic <laughs> Dominic pump the brakes kid pump the brakes because because <laughs> look we all make mistakes we all do dumb things right like Lucas more than anyone at the moment <sighs> but he's got he's gonna learn from it right just he's be nicer got to, to Haley. yeah I agree <laughs> but are you a perfect man, Dom? No. Never made any mistakes? Oh, all right, here we go. Come on. You must have made some mistakes at some point that if you could turn back time, you'd be like, well, I obviously wouldn't act that way. I obviously wouldn't do that. Of and course. I obviously treated that person badly or whatever, whatever, whatever. We we learn. We reconcile with ourselves. We reconcile with other people. One Tree Hill has showed us this, Dominic. <laughs> Open the door to your heart and let in some rays of One Tree Hill sunlight. I thought you were going to say, let in Chad Michael Murray and Lucas. <laughs> let me put on my Chad Michael Murray mask. Oh, God, not again. <laughs> we'll put some candles on, okay? Scented. Wow, what scents? Vanilla. Vanilla. We'll You're so the, vanilla. We'll dim the lights. I'm so vanilla. <laughs> I'm a brick wall and I'm vanilla. <laughs> Tell you what, it will feel like a brick wall when I've got my Chad Michael Murray face mask on and I come at you with a scented candle. <laughs> It'll feel like a brick wall of emotion seeping into your heart. <laughs> okay? Okay. Have a nice night with me. <laughs> Put on some One Tree Hill. We'll talk with a podcast. <laughs> Sometimes when people do lists, they go like this. If you ever notice this, the Kardashians, they always say da 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 da. I never watched it. Have you? And I never will. Side note. Side note. Um, have you seen this stuff about um, Kim da- Kim Kim Kardashian and Kanye? You know they've got they've got a couple kids. I think one of their kids called North mm. Northwest, right? So Kanye had a fashion show and he let North, who's like, I don't know, six years old or something, he gave her a microphone. And while these people are like on the catwalk, like serious, you know, models or whatever, she's just screaming into a microphone. (laughs) And then she's just going, what are those? Those are clothes. (laughs) What are those? Those are clothes. And then it goes back to her and she just... Ah, <laughs> screaming into a microphone because she's six. Yeah, and Kim Kardashian is filming it on her phone, but they're also filming it for like the TV show, and she starts crying of embarrassment, but has to try and make it look like she's crying because she's so proud of how of her daughter and how creative she is. Oh. It kind of was like all over the internet, but I'll send you a link later. But what are those? <laughs> those are clothes. Oh God, don't know how we got onto this. Anyway, so they have their argument. She storms off. Storms off. She's had enough of him. Which leaves things in a precarious situation for the fact that he's dead now in the next episode, isn't it? Well, she's lying on her bed with Nathan. Or on a bed with Nathan. They've got books and stuff and they're sort of reading and she could sort of... 
<sighs> doesn't she and he's like oh what's up and she says oh it's just lucas he's being a bit difficult at the moment and there's stuff going on and um he, this is where nathan says um this is when he says <laughs> what does he say he says isn't it oh ironic? it's ironic yeah it's the whole irony bit it's ironic that he's turned out the way he has and i've turned out the way i have and all like the reason we got into this is because i was just trying to get a lucas and this is the first time i've had this emission and he sort of says it so nonchalantly that he doesn't even understand yeah. i feel what he said and then she sort of turns to the side but so we can see her as an audience of kind of wide-eyed sort of shock really mm. that okay he was using me to begin with yeah what did you make of that because lucas had said it all along yeah said he's doing it to to get at me he's getting with you to get at me it's not real don't fall for it yeah and she said oh what why you know along the lines of you think that he couldn't like me for me and blah 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 and he does now but at the time lucas was right mm-hmm. and it's just firmed it up hasn't it it's not nice to hear nonetheless, right? Absolutely. I kind of feel like that leading up to the accident, Lucas is kind of in a situation where all his relationships are a bit frayed and this will either make or break them, mm. depending on his situation, won't it? And the, and the same for Karen and Keith when we get to them. Mm-hmm. So there we go. But I guess is... Is it important that Nathan would have told her that at some point? Or is that something that he should have just kept to himself? Like, as in, where does that pendulum swing? There's there's two ways of thinking about it. Keep it to yourself because you're happy and you don't want to rock the boat unnecessarily. You don't want to hurt her. Yeah, or tell her the right way. And say, I really didn't like Lucas. I really had like wanted to put all my energy into upsetting him and making things difficult and as part of that I thought if I got to him through you that would be something um, that would really annoy him but I found that I really like you and I've really fallen for you and have this connection with you and I found that from quite early on so that stopped becoming a a, th- a neg- negative thing towards Lucas and a positive thing towards us. Yeah. Have you said that? We're doing it that way. is <laughs> not allowing it to ever come back, you know, like as in down the line that could just be brought up somehow by Tim or something. Might be like, oh, it's so funny that that happened because he was just using you to get to Lucas or something. Mm. You know, it kind of safeguards him in a way because he's been open about it. But I think you're right. It needs to be said in the right way presented you know in 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 the right way but okay so it's still harsh still harsh what he says no still not nice oh totally go oh so i was just used basically totally yeah completely i completely agree and and him being back involved in basketball is it is it turning off his like senses and his emotions and Mm. things like that because he was so didn't care about Peyton, just cared about his own life. And is that going to start becoming a problem again? Going back to the old him, the yeah. old version. It's like he evolved and potentially could he de-evolve? Well, he was Nathan 2.0, wasn't he? And he's now just going back to Nathan. Maybe he's like, at the moment, he's Nathan 1.5. Yeah. 
Okay. Is that kind of it with Nathan? That's pretty much Yeah, it doesn't really have much other than the interaction with Dan. He has the interaction with Whitey. He does. Oh, actually, yeah. That's that's actually really important because he finds Whitey's list. So should we... Should we transition from Nathan and Haley into Nathan and Whitey? Yes. We can cover off Whitey. Should we start from Whitey at the beginning and then it will come back to Nathan? Yeah. So where do we, we start with Keith. Is it Keith coming in while uh, Whitey is looking at his list? And his list has what on it, Dom? It's three things, isn't it? It's do 20 years of coaching... Yeah. Win 500 games. Yeah. Um, is like have an impact on someone, is it? Yeah. Or like mean something to someone? Or Yeah, have um, something meaningful, be meaningful to someone. Yeah. Your art matters. Yeah, basically that. <laughs> um, yeah. And so Keith comes in and he says... So firstly, Keith's walking around during the day in a school that he doesn't attend to or have a, a son or daughter that is openly aware of uh, or publicly known in with a bottle of whiskey. Uh, and nobody says anything. He's just allowed to freely roam the halls. And then he comes... I was shocked at that alone. I was thinking that the whole way through, thinking, why is this guy just allowed to walk around a school? <laughs> He comes in for a bit of day drinking. Yeah, yeah. Hey, boozy. <laughs> <laughs> Couple frosties or some whiskey. Yeah. Said, want to come and toast an early toast for your 500th win? Oh, that's a game. That's, you know, you're early. I want to beat the rush. Yeah. And then he says about how, well, Keith, I'm thinking about hanging it up, you know? And then we get my favorite line. Can you remember? Uh no. He says, "What would you do if you retired? You would just be off somewhere babbling in a dress." <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> that's a good line. I actually emailed it to myself so I'd remember. <laughs> just you'd be babbling in a dress. There's just there's so many things there. Firstly, the picturing Whitey wearing a dress and then he's just babbling. It's not even <laughs> making. He's making noises. It's not even words. <laughs> That's a show I'd watch. <laughs> Just whitey babbling. Yeah. My real name's Brian. <laughs> Please call me Brian. What else happens in here? Or how do you feel about this interaction? It's kind of what I'd alluded to before. Whitey saying that he needs to retire. That he needs to give up because something's not going right. Um, and it just feels like he's put so much effort into it over the years. And all the things that he could have lost or missed out on just because he's passionate about getting these school kids to that next level and you know um now he's decided that it's time to call it a day and he's had enough all the stuff that's happened with nathan and nathan seems to have had the profoundest impact on him yeah at the moment anyway maybe stemming from dan's career and where nathan could potentially go it's like his second shot yeah he's like he's never really recovered from the um, drug incident but it's almost like he's never had any of the kids that have trained through him become pro yeah make and it all the way Dan Scott was going to be the one didn't happen Nathan Scott was the natural next choice looks like it's not going to happen but then his interaction with Nathan 
when Nathan comes into the office is really good because it's Nathan saying, where would I be without you, almost? Well, not to begin, yeah, to begin with, we get, you know, have I, have I done anything to change you, to impact it on you? Nathan says, will I pick up my feet better on defense? Yeah. Well, that's something, I suppose. <laughs> um, but then we sort of discussed it. But he says thank you. To, as he's leaving the office at that point, he says thank you for letting me come back on the team. Yeah. And that was a, a nice moment. This The second episode where Whitey and Nathan have had positive interactions with each other. Yeah. Which becomes a shouting match in their next sequence together. But as that's, a joke. There's Nathan though, doing it intentionally to, to say, look, look, we need this. You need we both to, need it. I need to yell at me yeah, yeah i need you to yell at me and i need to annoy you to to get you yelling because you enjoy we both enjoy it yeah you enjoy yelling at me yeah it's kind of you said so i listened to our pilot episode the other day just to listen to how far we've come and one of you you've got to listen to it again dom to, to hear your predictions it's so interesting but one of the things you said was whitey clearly hates nathan that's a quote <laughs> Uh, and I believe 13 episodes on, you would think differently now, right? Yeah. Like, as in their relationship has developed, like, yes, it, he probably did hate him at that time, but they're really grown into a, a really beautiful friendship. He probably didn't hate him at all. It's just one of those... Every Rebelling. teacher, Every teacher's got a nemesis, haven't they? Every teacher's got that one kid that drives them nuts. They can see so much potential in them. And they can see that there's something more to them, but they just drive them mental because they don't put any effort in and they just think things will just fall into place for them. And I, I think this is probably that kid with uh, Whitey. Yeah. He's just like, you're just relying on your dad's name and you just think you can walk around and do whatever you like because of that. And actually, you, you know, I want to know that some of the things that I've said over the years of teaching you has made an impact um, and is working mm. and is getting you to think slightly differently and play slightly differently and, you know, perform better, just be a better person. And uh, this is kind of the first episode where that's acknowledged. Yeah. There, there is a, an acceptance of that and a nod to that. But did, did you, do you not think, or did you not think that Whitey and Nathan, so prior to this, when you're first watching it, would you have thought they're never going to get on? They're always going to be at each other's throats. Yeah, I kind of thought like what you said. I think Nathan comes across as entitled at the beginning um, and thinks that he doesn't need coaching. It's his team and does it his way. And actually, he does need Whitey. So I think it just grows nicely over time. And you need that like start point to you know, learn from and move on from and progress from. So... Yeah, no, I agree with with your points. I thought what was nice about their interactions was you have Nathan just didn't really understand the question at the beginning about you know have I had an impact on you? Have I changed anything for you? And then he accidentally gets the list in the notes of new plays, and then he finds out he does his research, whatever, whatever, and then he understands. Then he comes back with reason and purpose to be like he helped Whitey in that moment rather than Whitey has been the the mentor and the person guiding him and helping him progress. In that moment, Nathan helped Whitey to, and this was nice and shows that it goes both ways. And Whitey even changed his 500 to 600. He wants to, you know, get to his 600 wins, which means at least another couple of years, right? So I thought it was really nice and he's putting his pictures back up. Yeah, that was a good moment. 
And there's... I still don't really know what he wanted help from Haley for, other than researching a little bit more about Whitey. So was it was that all it was for? Yeah. Just I need, I need to go back and find out where it began, where he began, and kind of where we're at now. Yeah, I guess just bringing her into the bringing her into the library so she can see, you know, as a story function, she can see Peyton and Lucas. I guess. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, it was a touch to Nathan trying to find. When he started, I suppose, and kind of, yeah, anyone who's come before him and just learning more about him, yeah, researching, just putting a bit of effort in. I like the line from Whitey where he says, "You're in the library. The temperature in hell must have got a bit colder." My favorite line of the episode. Ah, oh, <laughs> sorry, I ruined it. That's all right. <laughs> well, did I say it right? Was that right? I wrote it down. Let me check very quickly. Is uh, you're in the library? The temperature must have dropped in hell. Yeah. Yeah, it was my. I wrote it down. It was my favourite episode. Of course. I literally written three notes, and two of them are about Whitey. <laughs> or is the other, other one that his name's Brian? It was Whitey's real name is Brian. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other one is Tegan and Sarah Don't Confess, is the song. <laughs> nice. Nice. Okay, so that's Whitey. Shall we. Do you want to go to. Karen, we can just touch on at the very end when we get to the accident. So we've got two ways to go here. We can go to Keith, or we can go to Dan and Deb. I think Keith. Okay. Then we'll do Dan and Deb. And then the accent. Then slash, yeah, all of them at the end. Okay, so yeah. where do yeah where do we begin then, my friend? Well, Keith is walking the halls of a school with <laughs> whiskey and just completely unattended. Yeah, talking about. I might give that a go on Monday. Oh God! Please don't. I'm just gonna turn up. At Podcast school. will end. You'll be, in, you'll be in prison. <laughs> I'm only kidding. I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> but so taking out the babbling address scene, which we always love, Whitey and Keith drinking together. It's good times. Um, it's steady. Uh, steady is one of my new favourite words now because of Keith. Steady. Steady. But because I get asked quite often by people friends and family oh how's how's business and that's going to be my new steady because it's just done I don't need to continue this conversation it's it's steady yeah <laughs> but uh there we get his at the cafe speaking to Deb and saying about how you know Deb you've done a great job it's been awesome but I can't lie I'm super excited for Karen to come back he tells Deb that they kissed before um, they she left. Debs is super excited about that. Yeah, everyone. It's three hours to Karen. It's Karen Day. Like they're all really excited that Karen's coming back. Um, Keith goes to see Dan. Should we talk about that? Or do you want to talk about that when we get to Dan? He has a beer first, doesn't he? Before that interaction as well. Uh, I think he goes to see Dan. He comes back and then has the beer, and then because then and then he goes to get Karen. Does he? Yeah, because I think that that's because he the the beer that he has is when it's oh, three he's hours. Down, to isn't he? He's sitting down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think he goes to see Dan at the beach house. He's going genuinely to check in on him because he comes back and says, "Ask me what stupid thing I've done today." Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And he's going to check on Dan because of the fallout of the last episode, because their parents were there. Royal and... May. So they... To <laughs> really think for a minute there. So they... Uh, but Dan's not really having any of it. He's saying, 
that um, his part of the problem, Keith, is that you know he's he was bringing Lucas into the Ravens. Has domino effect all of this stuff. Called it malicious. Yeah. So he's malicious. He's the reason that this has all happened. Exactly what you've just said. I really like Dan's uh, quarter zip Ralph Lauren uh, jumper sort of thing. I thought it was really nice. Wow. I was thinking maybe I will, hopefully maybe, that's like a Christmas sort of thing. Maybe someone, maybe like my wife or someone might want to buy me that for Christmas. They don't listen to the podcast, so. I guess I'll see what I can do then. Uh, XL probably uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it was nice it was a nice, nice top yeah oh you liked it yeah okay good 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 <laughs> so uh, yeah what did you think of this whole interaction again a plot device that probably didn't like need to happen there but it did yeah. Why would Keith ever go to the beach house to go and see Dan? He said he was worried about him. You don't think he was? I kind of think Dan's right. <gasps> Speak on it, my friend. Just like, what is he? Why is he getting involved? He could just talk to Deb, couldn't he? Just talk to Deb. Everything okay? Right. If you want Dan to talk to me, you know, see it like I'm going to reach out through you or Nathan, because that's that's my way in. He got to Nathan through Deb. Mm-hmm. He doesn't really have that bond with Dan. I don't know. Or maybe he could have gone to Whitey and say, hey, if you speak to Dan at any point, just let him know that I'm thinking about it or something like that. But he knows that his presence will antagonise Dan. Yeah. So he might have had the best intentions of, of going down there and it being a, is everything okay? But really he knows that Dan is just going to kick off at anything he says. So... Just let him be. Yeah, just thought, leave him alone for a bit. If you're really that worried, just phone him. Yeah. You didn't have to just sort of turn up unexpected, you know, unannounced. So you think Dan's reactions justified here? Probably not justified. He could have said, like, why are you here? I don't want you here. Go away. Leave me alone. I'm better off on my own. Why you go and, you know, oh, have you... a thing with my scraps. Throwaways. Yeah. After tonight... Me and Karen will be a couple. I thought that's very presumptuous, Keith. Like, as in, okay, you you had a kiss, great, and you want to propose the beginning of a relationship, excellent. Don't go around telling people before that's even decided. As soon as he said that, as soon as he said that, I knew that something would have to happen for that not to be a possibility. Right. And it's going to be the the drinking. And the car crash. Tempting fate. Is going to be the problem. He's going to end up with like a DUI or something like that. Yeah? You with me? I am I am with you, but I no comment. No spoilers, <laughs> bro. <laughs> I'm brick wall poker facing. <laughs> so uh, well, let's go back to just the interaction with him and Dan. Uh, I just think part of it was unnecessary. Part of it is obviously plot device of course because a lot of this episode has been this is the first episode we've really thought oh they've put that in intentionally just because they need us to get to this point yeah they need us to get to that point setting stuff up to pay off later yeah but it's the first time 
like they've done that as much. You know, there's other episodes where I've said, oh, they've done that because they, they want the next episode to be like super great and it have all this content in it. But on this episode, it's just like, let's just keep throwing things in so that we can have this person conveniently in that place mm-hmm. to see that at that time rather than there being a justifiable reason. So the whole, you know, Haley dream basketball thing it was a sequence of events that probably didn't ever really need to happen but they put it in because they needed her to be at certain places at certain times and require the help of lucas and then eventually nathan and then you know so on and so forth so i understand why it's done um i just think a lot of it this is the first time where i've thought well they've just sort of thrown that in a bit randomly there's they they've done it so well over the last 12 episodes and then we've got to 13 it's just kind of we need to get to that point quickly let's just throw that in to make that happen that's yeah how it felt for the first time so, a bit more transparent in the writing they haven't really hidden any of it in yeah it's a bit just unblended paint paint by numbers sort of thing yeah okay do you see what i mean though yeah, yeah i get, it. get it i get it i also see what you're doing though you little bitch. I see. I see. Excuse me. <laughs> I, I, see the abuse you, I get, everyone. Do you? Do you no, no. Remember, this, it's everyone against me, wait, Magdalena. Look me in the <laughs> eye when I talk to you. I'm looking I'm at you. I'm saying. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. Sorry, but, but, <laughs> but I also know what you're doing. What am I doing? You're you're teeing me up for the rating. No, yeah, I, I know what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. I can see the transparency in your writing is so that later you can be like, well, remember, the, tr- the writing remember. was transparent. <laughs> a little bit of this, the perfect Manhattan. <laughs> but, but, but you don't know what number I'm going to give. I've already got a number. I know what number you're going to give. Well, we'll see. We will. I'll write it down and then I'll let you say what you think I'm going to give it. Okay. How about that? Yeah, I like Does that, that seem fair? I like those games. Okay. I'm sorry, I called you a little bit. You're, You're not, not, though, are you? You're not. I am sorry. I'm not sure I believe you. I am sorry. <laughs> I should do a Lucas and throw something. <gasps> and walk out. <laughs> get out. Yeah. Leave that there. Leave that there. That's a marker. It. That's a marker of your anger. <laughs> and I respect it. <laughs> <sighs> okay, what's the opposite of a little bitch? Uh, you're a normal person yes yeah you're, you're a <laughs> you lo- are an awful person you're a lovely human okay <laughs> right one of the comments that dan said that was crazy crazy was he said well if you weren't good enough for karen in high school it makes you think you're good enough for her now oh to the core oh what a punchline <laughs> Kai, you're someone that likes the stingers, the punchlines. That was a good one. That I was a... going to throw that in, but it was against Keith, and I really like Keith. So, yeah. harsh. Yeah. Harsh. Harsh, but great. What are the, we needed at that moment was Whitey to appear on the beach. Hey, Danny. Just to come and just <laughs> abuse Danny from both sides. Keith and Whitey versus Dan. Just throwing cashews at him <laughs> from the beach. Yeah. Uh, okay, and then Keith. We can wrap Keith up quite quickly. He then goes back to the cafe, like you already said. He said, ask me the dumb thing I just did. Went to see Dan. Why? Call it brotherly love or something or concern or whatever, whatever. Three hours to 
you know, can you can I get you something? Coffee? I could do with a beer. Really? Three hours to Karen? Yeah, that's why I need a beer. Now, when as a first-time viewer, did you think that they're putting a lot of emphasis on this beer here, or did it just sort of go under the radar? Because I always thought, what they serve beer at the cafe? What? <laughs> like what? I, I thought that at first as well when the beer appeared, and then I thought, why does he want a beer? What is his drink a thing? Because I know we know he has whiskey occasionally with Whitey, and he's had that already in the in the episode, which I, I'd forgotten until we got to the end. He, the... Ha- he has Frosties at work. He yeah. has a fridge of Frosties at at the, at the auto shop. It's when he's asked the question at the end by the doctor when he's getting checked out. That's when it, I remembered that he'd had whiskey with Whitey. Yeah, and obviously the beer was thrown in our faces, but um... but were you so you weren't aware when he was drinking the beer that. No, this I might thought, come back into play. No, I thought fair enough. Okay, like jitters, but it's it's a bit weird to be throwing the beer in there. But you know, okay, fine, that's understandable. He's a grown man; he's not working. He can have a beer if he wants one. Yeah. And I thought it's one beer, and like kind of the timeline of it all is—is is that really gonna have impacted him at all? Yeah, one bottle of beer three hours before going yeah. in an airport, and then however long ago he had the whiskey. Which we're we're hoping he would have eaten in between. Yeah. But, you know, does this turn into a problem? Okay. And then we'll get to Keith at the end then. Uh, Because they're going to be checking his blood alcohol level, aren't they? Mm. There's going to be some sort of inquest into this. Police are going to be investigating. Mm. Surely. Mm. You know, the people that he turned into the in the path of we're gonna want to know i think it's just standard procedure isn't it if there's been a car accident i think they test the driver's uh toxin levels i think um well it's over here i yeah. thought it would be over there as well yeah so should we move on to dan and deb and then we'll obviously we'll come back to keith for the crescendo yeah so deb we've spoken quite a lot about um deb's very much cafe Karen's cafe centric until the beach house. Until the beach house. So Dan meets Carrie. Is it Carrie? Or yeah. Carrie? Yeah, Carrie. I think who's you lost know, her ugly hat. She's lost her ugly hat. She seems to have lost the top half of her top in the <laughs> the, the second half of the, <laughs> the episode uh, when she appears at the beach house. Um, Always wanted to know the name of the handsome guy that run jogs past my bungalow every morning, and he says. Oh, Who, what's his name then? Yeah, Jesus. which I thought was quite good. That was a good little pushback. Saying, "Well, it's not me, so go away." Is she? He's also. It's kind of flirtatious though, because he she says something like, "Oh, do you always come here to pick up women?" And he says, "Like only the light ones or something." Mm. But he's but not. I, like, I think all his answers are, are just. He's not. Play, he's being playful, but he's not like playing into it. He's yeah. not initiating it. Yeah, absolutely. I actually. I actually don't think he's putting any effort into flirting with this person. He even calls it like, this is a crap hat sort of thing. But that is a joke. But everything he kind of says is a bit of a joke. Yeah. It's only when he, it gets to in the house, when she comes up and says, you don't call, you don't write. You, you know, I've offered you dinner and you didn't turn up. So what's going on? And he's like, okay, do you want to join me? Well, and then and it becomes flirty from him. Okay. but And before that, though, just to set it up, he has 
asked, I think he asked, did he ask Deb to come for dinner? She said no. He asked, no, it's just Nathan. Just Nathan. Nathan blows him off. Yeah. Um, and so he's doing his stakes on his own and he's lonely and vulnerable. And I think when she comes, because I think he looks vulnerable when Nathan turns him down for the stakes. And I felt sorry for him. Hmm. Uh, because he wants to have wants to have dinner with his son, you know, and then he is there on his own, and then Carrie is showing him attention and showing him some, yeah, and he's like, "Well, I was going to say, do you want to join me?" But you can tell he doesn't really want to. But he, he, just... he wants those two stakes to himself. <laughs> he's kind of resigned to the fact that they're both his now. <laughs> you know, Nathan's turned it down. Okay, fine. Do you know what? I'm going to eat both of them. He's cooking both of them, and then yeah. she turns up. Was like, oh god, do you want one? Do I have a third steak? <laughs> you know, my wife and I were shopping earlier, food shopping, and uh, yeah, do you like camembert? You know the ch- lovely yeah. cheese, dip the bread in. Yeah, yeah. It's delicious. Bake that, it? bake that bitch. I love you it. Bake that bitch. I love. <laughs> well, well, my wife says she hates. Um, by the way, I realise my slogan seems to be, I say, my wife said, my wife said. I've just decided not to say her name on the podcast, so that's why it may always sound like that. Just because she's not choosing to put her, you know, her life out on the interwebs. Um, anyway, she says she hates sharing camembert with me because I just, you know, get the bread Whole and just scoops. steer it all. So we're going to have camembert later tonight. And she said... Uh, Maybe we should get two little camemberts um, and then we can have one each. And I was like, that's your decision, but I want a regular-sized camembert. Yeah. I suggest we get two regular-sized camemberts, have one each, you're pregnant. Why are we not, you know, taking full advantage that we can just eat crazy because <laughs> you're allowed to and because I would anyway. So your choice can be to have your small one if you want, but I'm residing that I will have this large one. And then she's decided we'll have two large ones. Excellent. So that's like kind of like, and now maybe later, if she decides, oh, I'm uh, actually going to have something different for dinner, I might have the leftover lasagna from tomorrow, from yesterday. I say, okay, cool. Then I'm having both camembert because <laughs> that was your decision. But hang on a minute, her decision was to to buy a camembert each, so she's still in ownership of that can- camembert. But so we if she made decides... plans to bake both their camemberts tonight, Dom. Yeah, but if she decides that she wants to have it tomorrow, not today, it's still her camembert. What so if I just... replace that camembert for her in the morning? Fair first play. Thing. Fair play. Go all in. Take that camembert, take the bread, take what you need as long as you replace it. If she doesn't want the camembert, I'll call you. I'll say, Dom, let's go. Okay. Camembert, Dom. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be around. <laughs> I'll be around. <laughs> I will be wearing face masks and wiping hands and sanitising and all sorts. No, I'll bring the camembert out to you in the car. That's fine. <laughs> I'm happy in the car with some cheese. <laughs> Eating camembert in a car would be so difficult. <laughs> That's not to say we won't try. Absolutely. But yeah, okay. So he, he reluctantly offers her one of his two steaks. Uh, oh yeah, back to One Tree Hill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the camembert was just a dream. <laughs> But she um, she comes in. How's your wine selection? He says, "Excellent." He does, um, kind of proudly. And then she's like, "Well, you're never going to get me drunk if you don't get that bottle open or something like that." Because he's she, looking for a corkscrew. 
she's really laying it on thick. It's quite horrible, really, isn't it? The first, she's like she's been in a desert mm. for a long time, and Dan's dick's an oasis. Oh shit! It's like the nectar of life. Oh God! She, yeah, it's yeah, yeah, it's a reservation of life. Can I keep that in? Was it yeah. too far? Okay. <laughs> oh God! Could have been on the cutting room floor. But okay, so she finds the corks. He's looking for the corkscrew, and what does he find instead, Dom? Pictures of him and Deb. Ugh. And then one he, picture in particular. Yeah, and then he says. He says to Carrie, I, I love my wife. I'm you know. sorry, I can't do this. And she, again, just continues to lay it on and says, I love my wife. I love my husband. But, you know, neither of them are here. So what they don't know kind of won't hurt them sort of thing. <sighs> and then door, slot, door shuts. Deb appears. Oh, maybe one of them is here. And then, and then it's like, maybe, maybe I should leave. So before we get to Deb's part of this conversation, how do we feel? Dan consciously, independently made a decision that he's not doing this. I love my wife. You know, um, he was tempted, but he didn't do it. I, I thought, you know, that he was the sort of character that would make a stupid decision like that. And I was quite pleasantly surprised that he didn't that he actually turned around and said, no, you need to understand that I love my wife and this this will be nothing but dinner and conversation, if anything. Yeah. So... And then, but, so do you think that's okay? Because, like, he then, as he then explains that to Deb, it's like, it was just company, it was dinner, it was nothing. Does she have a right to be upset? Yeah, because this, it looks like it's more than that. Yeah. So to Deb, it's... And he keeps banging on about their relationship and trying to fix their relationship, but he's... Um, just moved on to the first, in her words, beach whore. Yeah, <laughs> that she that he's found. She's not wrong. <laughs> She's not wrong. <laughs> Called it what it is. Absolutely, <laughs> a skank with an ugly hat, <laughs> with a shitty hat, and basically had her boobs out. Cleavage for days. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> but do you? Uh... Okay, so. Uh, she sort of storms out and then Dan goes to confront her later at the cafe and she says what Dom? I want a divorce. He says he wants to come back home. So uh, earlier on in the episode he says how's my house? I said that's a Nathan. That was a really shitty moment. Yeah. What a dick. But uh, then later on I I felt so sorry for him when he's like I need to come back home because it's out of pure loneliness and just sadness wasn't it mm. and he was just like i need to come back home she's like no i i want a divorce and it's just like oh now i wanted to say here i feel like deb and i know that you're heavily team deb i know that i wasn't last week as much okay but I am, i'm in, still team deb it puts know. us in good stead for what i'm about to say i think she's taking this too far like i think that I mean, she has, uh, as much as she's speaking up for herself, this, that, and the other, completely agree with. 
but she is like she's really uh like she has known dan for like you know how it 17 16 17 years right like as in it's not new to her how he is you know uh, i'm not saying that that means it's okay but has what he's done in the last couple episodes warranted a divorce well she says in the last one that she's been living a lie mm. as well and when she asked for the divorce and all the things that have been happening you know we said with um Lucas treating Brooks slightly differently, so Brooks splits up with him. Yeah, you know, I kind of alluded to that's a possibility or an avenue, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of feel like this is her perfect opportunity to get everything out and say, actually, I've I've not wanted to be with you for a while. Hence, right. Hence, hence the the job that's always taking me traveling. Right. Just right. To get away from you. They've actually to, been subliminals. Yeah, I want to live my own life away from you, and I've never been able to do that. I had a I had a kid at such a young age and that's taken half my life away I dropped out of college all of this has been you know I love my son absolutely love him but all of this has been Dan centric and this Mm. is it's time for me to take back my life Uh, I've seen what Karen's built for herself and she's done Mm. it without you imagine what I can do when I've got half of your money because when I divorce you I'm taking you to town you piece of shit wow that's what she's gonna say. That's Lawyer not... up, asshole. Yeah, basically, that's not how I'm gonna feel. But <laughs> wow, so what well, I okay. most vulnerable, and she throws throws that in because you know I think she's wanted it for a while. Uh, yeah, yeah. Can you see that? Great analysis. <laughs> it's hard to argue with your analysis when it's that great. <laughs> yeah. Thank yeah. you. I appreciate that's that. That's why you have. That's why you're here. <laughs> that's why you sit on that chair. That's why. It's good. Do I get a camera bear out of that? A camera bear? Yeah. <laughs> I thought you said a camera bear. A camera bear? I was bear. like, wow, is that a bear that can operate a camera? Well, let's hope so. Or a bear, or a camera in the shape of a bear. And both would be great. Or a cam- or liquid cheese baked. Um, yeah, well, yeah, we'll get you a camera bear. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. Uh yeah, I can't help but feel sorry for Dan though. Like he's made mistakes, but he he deserves an opportunity for redemption. I still believe, but I, I hear what you're saying. Okay, so should we move to the crescendo? Let's. So Keith is in the car with Lucas. They have a nice sort of heart to heart moment. You know, I know it's not been easy while your mum's been gone, but. You know, I feel like we, you know, we've connected. It's all been okay. Please, can you keep that tattoo covered up for the rest of your life? <laughs> Lucas is like, I love you too, Keith. It's kind of like nice. It's been a, it's been a bit rough here and there, you know, uh, but we've got through it. It's all good. Let's enjoy your mother coming home. Absolutely. And then he sees Dan at the turning at the crossroads. The stoplight. Yeah. So. The way those traffic lights look, does that mean because it's a red light pointing left, he can't turn left yet? Yeah. Or he can turn left? No, I thought it was that. So it's a red arrow pointing left. Yeah. So he's... And then he just goes. Yeah. And because he's... the other light has gone green. Yeah. So... I don't know. It's a good point. Because 
So, you know, in America, they don't have roundabouts. Yeah. Everything is traffic lights, stop lights. Because um, in the UK, that would just be a roundabout. Yeah, Because it? it was like four junctions. Or it'd be a box junction, wouldn't it? Yeah. And you can only turn right anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but I didn't really get that either because I we're right, we have to assume that he made are we assuming he made the wrong move? Uh, he shouldn't have gone forward because the traffic was going. Left. Yeah, hence the alcohol question. Yeah. They wouldn't have asked him if it wasn't his fault. I think I don't think they would have put that in. If the, if a car had gone into the back of him. Yeah. They wouldn't be asking how much he was drinking, would they? They would have been asking the person that right. So Either way, he moves forward, car comes in and crashes into Lucas's side. Dom, oh my God. Wait, right, this, I, I'm pretty sure this would have been a mid-season finale. So I think they... It seemed like it. They usually run from September to just before Christmas and then have a break over Christmas and for mid-season and then come back like mid-January to like April or something. Because they feel like no one's going to watch over the holiday yeah, period, I think all sh- most shows do that. They yeah. run from through the fo- the Walking Dead, like they it runs in the same trajectory, and they have the mid season finale, Christmas break for a few weeks, then back. So this like there must have been a mid season finale, I would I would guess. But uh, did you think did you did you foresee an accident happening as a first time viewer? Were you shocked when there was the accident? I thought there was too much. Um of a scene of them in the car together telling that each other that everything's going to be okay and everything that had kind of come before that the accident moment had like foreshadowed an event that was going to happen for whatever reason we're not going to be able to pick up Karen oh so you but so did you think it was going to be a car accident you're just unsure of what it actually would be I I didn't know what it would what it would be and what that would look like I had no idea it would be a car accident and this is our first big effect or practical uh, effect, isn't it? Like in the show, we haven't had, you know, they destroyed two cars for this. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Um, it was good. It was a good, like, proper slam, wasn't it? And Lucas kind of sees it a little bit too late. He just sort of sees the headlights, Deer in the isn't headlights, he? isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And um, I wasn't sure at first if Dan knew it was Keith straight away. He got out of his car as like a concerned citizen and then sees it's Keith. And then goes, Keith, and then goes running after him to help him. And then is told Lucas is in the car. Dan, did, did you see it Dan that way? Dan is MVP in this moment. I actually feel emotional talking about it. Okay. I actually do. Be emotional, it's fine. Can you see it? No. I'm going to hold it. Hold it tight. Hold it tight. <laughs> it's the, he, uh... I, yeah, I'm not sure if he knew it was Keith either, but then he definitely ups his tempo when he sees it is Keith, which I think goes to show, you know, he still loves his brother. Um, and he gets Keith out, and Keith is just like, get Lucas. Because he looks sort of, Keith's kind of like a bit all over the place. Tell us, tell us what happens. I want to hear well, it. Well, he leans into the car, doesn't he? And is like pulse checking, isn't he? And he sort of steps back for a minute. He's like, I. I don't know what to do here. This is this is where do I, where is that line? There's a line somewhere where I go from being um, Dan to Super Dan, and I need to step up my game like, and, and let the adrenaline and like help in. this kid. Yeah, because he takes a moment of what do I do now? Because if I go all in now, he's my responsibility, mm. and he's never wanted it or had that before so it felt like that pause of if i do this 
I'm making a statement. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've alluded to the change in roles before, and I want to talk about roles changing things like that in a minute. But um, oh, is it with my my predictions? Oh, he's got some shit on lock. <laughs> he's got some ammo. <laughs> um, so Dan, then you know, really goes into action and goes to the other side of the car, rips the door open, which looked pretty unopenable and it looks like superman at that moment doesn't he because he's like he's a stacked guy and it could have been an episode of you know superman you know with Lo- lois and clark yes it could have been an episode of that couldn't it yeah he's got the hair for it great hair great hair <laughs> <laughs> um so he rips the door open and he picks him up carries him to his car shoves him in the back of it because his phone doesn't work as well as well he goes to call 911 phone doesn't work I need to act quickly. I'm going to grab him, throw him in the car. Gets Keith in the car. Keith is, yeah, then in the car, drives to hospital, parks in the ambulance bit, <laughs> runs around, pulls him out again. He's carrying Hold, him through. Holding him like, you know, proper like how a dad would. I need a doctor here. Yeah, he's a doctor. My brother's in the car. Someone going to help him. Gets him on the bed and... Come on. Slight annoyance. Oh, and that no. the doctor looks at him and goes, He's gonna need surgery. How do you know that? Just from six seconds of looking at him, mate. Okay. Anyway, sorry, you're right. Film land. Back in like one tree hill land. That's acceptable, that's fine. <laughs> so he's gonna need surgery. Um and he goes, Okay, yeah, do whatever you've got to do to save him. Now, from a humanitarian point of view, you'd think that anyone would say that anyway. Yeah. And then he's it goes one step further, doesn't it? It's like, well, who are you to him? Or is it, a, we need consent of a, of a, of a guardian. guardian. Is it, oh, so is he a minor? Yeah. We need consent of a guardian. Um, what relation are yeah, you kind well, of thing? Yeah. He's like, I'm his father. <sighs> it's admittance. Wow. And he's just like, this. this do what you got to do. I've got to save him. got to save his life. Because, yes, one, it's the right thing to do. And... Wow. 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 <laughs> yeah. I mean, his real father's in the car still, but. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Big moment. Come on. Big moment. Come on. Big moment. <laughs> wow. Get that man a camembert. What? <laughs> Please, camembert raining from the sky. <laughs> I think they, they, they must have camembert in America. I would have thought so. It's liquid cheese you put in the oven, you bake it, and then you dip bread into it, and it's delicious. I think it's French. It French. is French, yeah. So what, what do you make of this? I mean, it's taken so long, but it had to be a tragedy that brought them together. Did, have I said that before? There was something, something big would happen and it would bring them together? Yeah, probably. Somewhere down the line, maybe. You, oh, you said that something big would have to happen to Dan for his character to change. So you said that on the pilot. Yeah. You said it's the sort of character that something like life-changing would have to happen for his character to change. So this could be it. Now, a number of theories have arisen. Here we go. On the back of all these events, particularly the accident. Okay. Particularly. You think it was planned? It was actually Whitey that crashed the car. <laughs> Give me more cashews. <laughs> he crashed into him in his cashew lorry. Yeah. Right. So, Keith has nearly killed the one and only son that Karen has. Yep. By making 
poor judgment at a turning. Yeah, right? potentially alcohol is involved. And, and he's going to be asked and checked for how much alcohol is in his system. There's going to be, it's probably going to be, actually, he wasn't over the limit, but there's alcohol there. Oh, okay. Okay, so red flag for Karen. Okay. I'm waving the metaphorical red flag here. Yeah. Karen's going to go, you were drinking. You had my son in the car. Mm. You've endangered him. You've endangered yourself. You've endangered other people. And he's ended up... Dead. Dead. Okay, (laughs) we'll play the dead game. He's ended up dead in hospital. And Dan... Who I still have feelings for from many years ago, as much Ooh. as he's been an arsehole to me my entire life. He's got grey hair though. He's got fantastic hair, wonderful bone structure. He does. <laughs> he's got a couple of stakes, and one's got my name on it, yeah. I'll tell you now. And, and his dick's an oasis. Go and, on. <laughs> the Great Flood. Um, <laughs> oh, God. That was funny. Um. <laughs> Oh, it's ten to five on a Friday. <laughs> Go on. It's frosty time. Um, Dan immediately came to the rescue. He's, I, I, I can see a connection between Karen and Dan coming back, being almost restored or something, putting them together. Not necessarily a relationship, but. Enough for him to have involvement with Karen now. Mm. And now being interested in Lucas because Debs isn't interested. Nathan's not really interested. Mm. And this is his way. Again, something... Building his trust back, like winning trust back that he's lost over Lucas's life. 17 years. Wow. Yeah. So we alluded to changes in families and things like that. And, you know, Dan has to have involvement or control over something and he has no control over Deb and what Nathan's doing now so he's going to deflect his attention and he's like it almost feels like he's going to deflect his attention to, to these two now so she's going to come back have fallen out with Keith that relationship that he kept banging on about and all oh, Karen's coming back Karen's coming back we're going to be together is not going to happen because of this situation mm. it then allows Dan a path in that he might not necessarily have wanted but is now thinking well you know the counsellor kept um saying this, that, and the other. I kept pouring my heart out to Deb. She's turned around and says she wants a divorce because she's always wanted to divorce him. Uh, this is now a path into it, into something and some involvement with um, my son. And I, you know, invert those uh, commas there. <laughs> right. uh, and basically uh, wants to develop a relationship with Lucas. Lucas will wake up from his death. Um <laughs> Not really knowing much different. Getting, oh, the last 24 hours is a bit of a blur to me. He's got a difficult situation. But Dan potentially be someone that can put an arm around him and start to help him. But he's going to be, you know, resistant to that at first. But then appreciate that Dan is the one that pulled him out of the car and got to hospital. So it's all these things that could happen. I just think the Keith Karen thing isn't going to happen now. Wow. Not 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 now. Wow. Definitely not in, in the next few episodes anyway. But that's... Kind of off the table. So great predictions. Off the table. I love them, all of them. We will see if they come to light or not. So, but as an ending, you loved it then. I the ending changed my rating. Okay, well, exactly like you said. Yeah, I went from it being 
one number yeah. up to another number. Same. It I'm... increased on the basis of this ending. Agreed. And, and the performance at the end. Yeah, I agree. I, I had one number going through... I try to think of my number as I'm watching and I'm <laughs> trying to think of what um of what what it is and uh and then yeah and then but during this one I was like okay this is what it is and then at the end I was like oh no this has gone up to this now yeah so okay wow so is that it should we move on to judgments I think so okay I think well, people have had enough of us talking about cheese to be fair so <laughs> Well, before we go any further, if you're listening to this on podcast platforms, basically anywhere except for Patreon, then the next episode of our podcast is already available on our Patreon, and you can find out access, how to access that and all the information about that by listening to this. You just became a raven. Hello and welcome to the Mighty 90s Podcast Network. Our network is made up of two podcasts. The Mighty 90s Movie and TV Podcast, a look back at 90s movies we grew up with. And The Ravens, a One Tree Hill podcast covering each individual episode of the show. All of our podcast episodes are free on all podcast platforms. But if you would like to support us on our podcast journey, then we have free Patreon tiers with bonus content and ways to connect with us that we'd love to share with you. All of our Patreon tiers include all of our podcasts. The first tier, Junior Varsity. You receive one week early access on all of our podcast episodes, a patron shout out on the podcast, access to our monthly One Tree Hill bonus episode, exclusive access to non-90s movies that we will cover and a 90s movie title of your choice on the wheel. Your movie title choice will be put on this wheel and at the end of each Mighty 90s episode we will spin the wheel and that will decide what movie we will cover next. The second tier, Varsity. All of the perks from Junior Varsity and you get to add a non-90s movie from any year to the wheel. And the final tier, Hall of Fame. If there is anyone out there that loves our work this much, then we want to speak with you. So you get all of the previous perks and we will invite you to co-host an episode of the podcast with us. We appreciate any level of support from an Instagram follow to any of our Patreon tiers. We love doing this and we appreciate you all. Be gentle with us. And wear gloves. So furthermore, if you're interested in grabbing some merch, some merchandise for our podcast, for the Mighty 90s, the Ravens podcast, or uh, our Deb's Den line, our uh, High Flyers line, then you can do by checking out the description to our merch store uh, in the description of this podcast. So all of the stuff there is unlisted. It's only for our listeners. So check it out and uh, let us know. So, Dom, let's move into our judgments, my friend. Who was your favourite performer of the episode? I actually think Bethany Joy Lenz wins it for me today. Granny style. Um, It was between two people. Is the other one Paul Johansson? Yeah. So, Paul Johansson um, was pretty consistent down all the way through until the end. Um, But... Um, Bethany Joy Lenz as Haley had to be do that weird dream sequence, have um, a sort of 
uh, quite an emotional row with Lucas, but be involved with um, Nathan and have that moment of shock and unknowing of how to feel and you, you see so many different emotions from her with with Dan in this episode you saw um kind of just regular Dan and kind of heroic Dan at the end which we've not seen before so it was so close but I still think she kind of tips the balance in terms of the performance so I'm gonna give it to her today um so well done <laughs> well done to her and I would guess yours, but I would guess yours was Paul Johansson. It is Paul Johansson. It is. And and what reasons, Simon? Please what? share with with the group. What? <laughs> <laughs> that makes it sound like we're alcoholic anonymous. <laughs> All right, Keith. Uh, oh God. Oh, couple frosties too many. Uh, it has uh, to me. It's I, I see Bethany Joy Lens for sure. I really like Paul Johansson's performance in this. For the ending, yes, like the emotion behind it. I need a doctor here. I really like that line for some reason. Um, but I liked his vulnerabilities that he showed, and uh, his, he he very reluctantly invites Carrie in to to the beach house because he doesn't really want to. But he's lonely, and and I kind of I think he he played that all really well. So I'll say Paul Johansson. But who was your favourite character, Dom? My favourite character in the episode, barring Whitey, mm-hmm. <laughs> is Dan. Double up. That's that's. I agree. Are you doing the same? Yeah, I'm throwing it in because when we agree, you always articulate it so well. I just <laughs> like to just agree. You say your reason, it will also be mine. Why? Oh, you can say the reason. If no, you no, no. I like your reasons. I the reasons very much for the um the same that you pinpointed why you thought he was the best performer is that we did see a bit of vulnerability. I think we've seen that previously, and it was nice that that's carried on. We went to like a deeper level of vulnerability with the I need to move back home because it's yeah. like, the loneliness is getting to me now. That was a good moment. Um, but the heroics at the end really made him. A super character, didn't it? And he yeah. stepped up. And you know, we we often mention that there's no supernatural element to this program at all. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a Marvel, you know, series. It's nothing like that. There's no like witches or anything. It's real life, real people, and um, like oh, a fictionalized perception of real people. Anyway, you know what I mean. And he steps up to the plate. He really goes for it. Um, and the end the last sort of five minutes of the episode make him the best character of the episode for sure by miles well what's interesting so since our podcast has started we've always uh recorded here in in the office which is uh external it's in an office building it's not in either of our houses but before that dom used to come to my house and we used to record uh, in my home office but we haven't done that basically since covid um, so this is all predating your One Tree Hill knowledge, but I have some shelves and I have some custom-made Pop Funko characters, you know, the little sort of models of One Tree Hill characters. So they don't exist. So these were like, I got them custom-made of my favourite characters of the show. Um, and Dan is one of them. Uh, I have a whitey one that you would love now because you love him. Yeah. Um, but Dan is one of my favourite characters of the show. I really like him, um, even though he's the antagonist. I 
yeah, I think he's one of the like scenes with him in, in episodes that are centric around him. I always really enjoy. Good. Favorite song? Uh, there was only the one that I paid any attention to, and that was the one that was mentioned by Peyton and Brooke at the beginning. So it has to go to Tegan and Sarah. Agreed. Background performer? Uh, this one, I uh, didn't look as hard as I have done on previous episodes or on the last episode, but I'm going to give it to the nurse that hands over like the forceps or the the scissors or whatever to the doctor as he's oh yeah cutting bits of lucas apart when he dies yeah (laughs) we don't see them but it must have been someone i'm gonna say the driver that crashed into the into the car wow (laughs) because it created those wonderful scenes yeah yeah they also terrible Favourite line of the episode? My favourite line was the whitey line that we mentioned earlier, which was... If you, when you quote it, please quote it in your whitey voice for everyone. Oh, God, I'm not sure I can do it. You win the library? The temperature must have dropped in hell. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to choose... You'd be somewhere babbling in a dress. <laughs> Love that line. And so now, the precious, precious rating... So you're saying you want to write it down somewhere and uh, and then we'll see if they match up. Let me find a bit of paper. So I have it. Uh, there's some paper here. There you go. That was a, like a perfect tear. <laughs> okay, so Dom is going to write down his rating and uh, and then I will I will tell you mine. And we will see if they match up. While he's doing that, this would be a great opportunity to say, if you'd like to reach us, you can contact us at the mighty nineties podcast at gmail.com. That's nineties nine zero S the mighty nineties podcast at gmail.com. And we'd love to hear from you about anything, any comments on this episode, anything you'd like to feedback on. We'd love to, uh, to, for you to reach out. Dom, you have it written down. I have it written down. Have you got, so is this the number that you've landed on or the one that you started from? This is the one I've landed on. So the one that you started on, which is one down from this? Yes. Or two down? One down. One down. Okay. I'm going to say what I guess your rating is, and then I'll say what mine is. My guess is that your rating is a seven, mm-hmm. that you started on a six and rose to a seven. My rating was I started on a seven and rose to an eight. So I'm guessing on that piece of paper, you've got written a seven. Uh, on my piece of paper, I have seven. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> You know me too well. <laughs> I think it's a seven. This episode is definitely a seven. So much like filler, so many unnecessary points, but here he goes. they fit them in to be uh, part of the plot. It, honestly, for me, there was so much in this episode that didn't need to be in it, and so many things that were so out of out of the ordinary from what they would normally do. Like you know, I mentioned the knocking on the door and stuff like that. It just didn't feel like a comfortable episode, like the last twelve have been in terms of how the characters have performed and developed and moved on and done this and done that. So um, it was literally, literally saved by the whole sequence at the end of the car accident onwards. I, that I'd, brought it up a level. I'd like to um, just comment firstly on a few things you did just then. 
Firstly, you made yourself bigger in your chair. Your <laughs> voice increased in volume. Uh, and then you came in with all of your evidence. You were trying to intimidate me. Don't analyse You were trying to intimidate me. <laughs> please back up, sir. I'm backing up. Please, but um, stay close to the microphone. But please, sir, put the weapons down. <laughs> Let's just have a conversation. There's no way this episode's an eight. Dominic. <laughs> Dominic. I believe I have an asterisk on the board. Oh, no. You do. I believe I have a get out of jail free card for episode 12. And you want to use it on this one? I, I, I am not 100% yet. What You've got down a seven. I've got a seven. And you were initially out of seven. Yeah. And you pushed it to an eight. And I really don't think the episode is an eight. But that would be two times in a row that you've pulled me down. I thought the last one was a 10 and you pulled me down to an eight. It's like, how, how many times are we going to allow you to pull me down? Like... Sure, I could take this as a seven. Do I get another asterisk on there? No. So you're not allowing an asterisk on this one? No. Right, well then it's an eight. No. It's an eight. I'm using your tactics. <laughs> okay. I'm really big in my chair and loud. It's an eight. Is it, if it's, it's only an eight if we're taking the asterisks away. Why, why do you get to make the rules? I don't, I'm why not are we living in a, in a world where you make the rules? You're the one that brought it up. Well, the asterisk. Yeah, you're the one that said, I've got that. I can use that. Yeah. I'm going to play that. I can. So then but it's a seven. It's my choice if I want to use that. So then it's a seven. It's an eight. But it's a... It's that t- ending, justify the eight. He's dead. He's dead, but we know he's not. Well, we don't know. <laughs> right, okay. You love cliffhangers. This one must have you itching to see the next episode. Um, only don't lie. Well, I I want to see the next episode, but I want to see the next. So this would have been a six without that whole sequence. That's why it's increased to a seven. Other than that, the rest of the episode isn't great. There's a lot of just nonsense. In fact, in, in the episode, when I look at which you, is the I first time that's happening in a dress. Emily was spot on right with like eight, nine, and ten, and you know even eleven being great episodes. Then we get to 12, and now we've got to 13. It's like unlucky number 13 has been a bit poor. And I'm hoping that we get to 14 and it's great again. That ending was amazing. The ending was great. What would you mark the, the ending? Only if, it thing, was, if it was separate, what would you mark the ending? I'd give it probably a nine. A nine, yeah. The ending was a nine. Yeah. What did you mark the beginning? The whole episode. No, the beginning. Just, I'm taking it in sections. What did you mark the beginning? Seven. No. Tell the truth. Well, the dream. The, the, yeah, the dream. You love the dream. Tim and the dress. I thought the dream was, was, was all right. So was that? Like a, an eight? We'll give it a six. What? <laughs> no. about, it's about an eight, right? It's about a seven. No, you really enjoyed Don't it. Don't put words into my Chew mouth. Chew a girl, charming. It's about an eight. I'll Pre- give it a seven. An eight. Okay, fine. Give it a seven. <laughs> so we're we're in the middle then. A nine and a seven, we're at, we're at an eight. The whole stuff with, with Dan at the at the beach house... That's all. That's all. Eight or nine worthy. No, no eight chance. on a. Ba- Are you joking? No chance. Are you that's, joking? <laughs> no. Are you joking? That's nowhere near. Are you dizzy? Eight or nine worthy. Eight or nine. Yeah. What? Yeah. Of course it is. No chance. Dan coming in. How's your red wine selection? How is it, Dom? The red red How, wine selection is excellent. All right. So was this segment. So no, it wasn't. Yes, it was. It, it was, was a nice sentimental moment. It his wasn't dick it. was an oasis. <laughs> was it? Was it not? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I didn't go there. <laughs> Is it an eight or a nine? 
That's, we'll call it an eight if you want it. If you want it, it's I would have given it you. a six. No, no, you wouldn't have. Or seven. The be- the betrayal in in the in the school hallway. Wow, it's a lot. Wow, drama. The that whole, was an eight. I'll give that an eight. The whole Nathan uh, Nathan Haley lying on the bed, realizing the irony between their character trajectories and the fact that they switch positions. The fact that. Nathan has this omission to Haley, and he doesn't even realise what he's done, but his foot is fully inserted into his mouth. Dominic. Right. Okay. Let's call this an eight and go get some camembert. Okay. It's an eight. Why have you Why have you agreed? The uh, Some of the uh, bits that you mentioned are worthy of a, a stronger... A stronger number, shall we say? The realizations of things and the shocking moments. So you're conceding, you, but you have to understand that the rest of the episode just feels like nonsense filler. There's bits in here that aren't great, but that ending, I think, saves it and makes it an eight. So I, I thought the episode was a six up until the ending. That's shows so I was how really sh- not happy. Shows how. <laughs> Shows how strong it is. Really wasn't happy with this episode. Until the ending. Well, the I don't prospect I... of Lucas being dead. <laughs> no, I, I, I understand what it feels like to feel pressured into a rating you're not comfortable with. Hashtag our pilot. But <laughs> I don't want to do that to you. I don't want to do that to you. I want you to feel comfortable with it. But there has to be some give and take, Dom. There has to be has to be okay so what but it, so if you're really putting up a fuss i'll meet you at a seven because i under distress but you must know that under the ratings i've been under distress a lot recently <laughs> isn't it but is that your way of emotionally blackmailing me into giving it an eight no, I'm just being a nice guy. <laughs> I'm sorry that you don't know much about what that's always like. Always making me the bad guy. <laughs> it's everyone versus me again. What do you want to do? What would you feel? What would you feel best about? Come on. Seven. You're gonna do that to me again. That's you're comfortable with. Hold on. Let me think. The, the whole sequence with. So the dream sequence was okay. That was quite funny. Tim in a chilling outfit was weird, but funny. Whitey was good. Of course he was. Whitey's always good. We found out his name's Brian, Dominic. I know, that's true. We found out about Brian. And the moments between Whitey and Nathan were really nice. You know, you made a difference to me, if that counts for anything. You like to yell at me, and I like you yelling at me. These are all really important moments. There were two steaks, Dom. Dan was going to eat them both. But he didn't. He invited Carrie over. Reluctantly. Deb, divorce. Car crash. Lucas is dead. But I can't make you do anything you don't want to do. It's the difference between you and me. You'd make me... Listen, you'd make me do these things, and I wouldn't make you do them. No, I wouldn't get big in my chair. I wouldn't you get did that. Though. Shh. 
<laughs> Daddy's talking. I wouldn't get big in the chair, but you did. Okay. On the basis of your argument and analysis of the episode, and the fact that you've mentioned things that I may have overlooked with respect to Haley's feeling towards the end with Nathan putting his foot in it and where that's going to lead us to, the shocking kiss in the middle of the hallway and obviously again in the library that gets seen by Haley, the whole accident sequence and stuff like that. If I took everything out that I didn't like about the episode, it's an eight. Final answer? Eight. Fuck yeah! I'll give it an eight. You've won this round. Ah, no asterisks. That's an eight with no asterisks. I, I'm, I'm going into 14 with my asterisks still. <laughs> At least some of your fans will be happy. I have no fans. <laughs> <laughs> They're all on your side, believe it or not. They just want you to be kinder with the oh, ratings. Oh, you just don't show me those bits. That's right. Okay, fine. Yeah. <laughs> nah, that was good. That was, that was a good debate. We really went into that one. It was good fun. Okay, we'll write it on the board. We will write that on the board. 13 is an 8. So, for your tallies at home, ladies and gentlemen, we have gone from the beginning, episode 1, we've gone 6, 7, 8, 7, 9, 8, 8, 9, 10, 9, 9, 8, 8. So, really good. Keeping it solid. You can... Reach us at the our email address, the mighty nineties podcast at gmail.com. Nineties is a nine zero S. The Mighty Nineties Podcast at gmail.com. You can hit us up on social media, Dom. At Ravens Podcast on Instagram. Please uh, leave us a message. Send us um, some bits that you like, some bits that you want us to talk about, anything that you think we haven't mentioned. It'd be great to hear from you. Please rate, review, subscribe. We haven't received any ratings or <laughs> reviews in a in a long time. It makes <laughs> us question if, it, if there's anyone out there. <laughs> so it's just the two guys in this podcast. That's it. No one, no one else out there. The only, the only other person that knows this is happening is the guy that delivers us pizza. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even sure if his microphones are plugged in. <laughs> Uh, so yeah please show us some love on there it's always appreciated you can check out our patreon ravenshoops.net why dom because basketballs go through what hoops and nets (laughs) so we'll be back for episode 14 with a guest with lex from the river court cast she's gonna make an appearance she's guest starring on our next episode to uh give us all of her debate what would be interesting dom would be we i don't know i'd have to check it for you first is that she's obviously already publicly made her views uh, you know aware on that episode on the river court cast from like five years ago or something yeah so once we've done the episode i think i will listen to their episode from like five years ago to see how you know if her views have changed or whatever and then as long as i can guarantee it's spoiler free i'll send it to you and then you could listen as well it'd be interesting for you to hear other people's opinions yeah definitely on the show as long as it's spoiler free as long as it's spoiler free we don't want to ruin the uh the whole premise of this podcast exactly (laughs) so anything else dom no just a really big thank you to everyone who is listening and please keep reaching out to us uh sending us uh, you know your messages it's great Great to see what you guys have got to say. And please leave us a rating uh, when you've got time. 
takes a couple of seconds helps us out it helps other one tree hill fans uh find us and be able to listen to us too and you know gives them an opportunity to share with us what they think um about all the episodes that we're going through so yeah please um like review share star anything you gotta do thank you very much ravens on freedom absolutely who's counting i'm counting you're counting and tell me about how you're going to do it are you going to like an aggressive ravens i'm going uh, all out i'm going to upset the people in the next office okay 12 minutes past five it's time <laughs> for them to go home let's send them on their way <laughs> ravens on three one two three ravens yes